I know you all miss me. It's me, Jeff, from this week of mornings. I'm here again, singing a song that's likely off the beat with whatever song I started the episode with. Because I don't know what I'm starting it with yet. Welcome to Twim, everybody. I've never done an intro like that, and this is the 426th time. So, it's 20, yeah, 26, so. And you probably have 200 more unique intros in you, Jeff. Sure. So um, that's Kurt Frankum of hey League guys, of Saints. Someday I'll be worthy enough to do the intro. So should we start over? Okay, ready? <laughs> what? Ready, Kurt? Here we go. Ready? Just go ahead. Give it to everybody. Ready? One, two, three, go. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the This Week in Mormons podcast. We're not a podcast. It's a show. Okay. All right. Hey, listen. Stupid thing. What a stupid thing to say. What a stupid, hey, idiotic thing to say. I don't, I don't know what you're alluding to. I have no idea. Oh, you know. You know you know with whom you have made your You best. can only <laughs> you can only say that if you listen to it every week, so you must listen to it every week, Jeff. All Absolutely. Of- I listen to so many podcasts throughout the week. What are your go-to uh, By the way, I, this is Kurt Frankum with Leading Saints and uh, have the opportunity to co-host here with Jeff who is the and, the yeah. grandfather of all Latter-day Saint podcasts and uh and the, the the real host of this podcast. Yes, and this is Jeff Openshaw, the host, the real host of this podcast. Mm-hmm. The grandfather, so, the great grandfather. Right. I am I am a You're it. So I want to know, Jeff, what are your go-to like never missed an episode uh Latter-day Saint podcasts? And of course, Leading Saints goes without saying. Leading which Saints. I know for a fact you don't. I, I, I straight up I listen to Leading Saints more than my own show. Because I rarely listen to these my own show after we publish them. <laughs> So I don't want to get you too excited. That's setting the bar very low. It's like a zero to a one. No, I'm just kidding. But I, you are the the LDS podcast I listen to the most. Okay. Any others, or is that it? <laughs> I'm thinking. What about? Or maybe we can go with you know just podcasts in general. Do you have? A- I'm thinking here. What other LDS podcasts do I listen to? Uh, I don't. No, I don't really listen to any other ones. Nope. Kurt, you've taught me everything I need to know about leadership. You're basically the, the, the official resource of the church in this capacity. The way that you find leaders and cater exclusively to them and really usurp the capabilities of the church itself when it comes to leadership. You're everything I need. Well, for the record, I'm not the official source, just in case my local leadership is listening, which I know they're not, Jeff. I, I loved it, Kurt, when we had that one meeting and you said, like, man, I talk to like lo- local leadership t- sometimes and they're so myopic and don't get what we're doing here. I can't wait until <laughs> the revenue stream me? really kicks in. That's, Why are you doing this to me? I don't know. I'm bored. My family's out of town. I've, I'm busting chops. It seems like every time I've recorded with you, your family's out of town. Are things okay Look, in the Openshaw household? <laughs> they're not bad. Yeah, they're they're well enough that I let my wife have her space, man. Maybe you could learn about that. Oh. All right? You're always going to your wife saying, saying give me a massage, woman. That's what she wants to do every day after doing it professionally because that's what she wants, Kurt. That's what she wants. Well, you know. I need a massage. What can I say? Yeah. So do I, but you don't see me getting one. <laughs> you got to marry the massage therapist. So. I guess. Okay. Other podcasts I listen to, I'm looking at my Google Podcasts app. Which Is something playing? I hear audio. What is playing? Oh, it's your show. It started on my phone for some reason. Listen, it's my show? Floundered in the in my 20s. You know, I- it's how I oh, lead. Oh, yeah. Kari Ropi. 
Yeah. Yeah. Let me start it. Anyway, yeah. anyway, we, Go we got Leading Saints, um, other shows I listen to, How I Built This, This American Life Sometimes, The Daily, The Science of Social Media, uh, Pod Save the World, uh, Bucket with Phil Kogan, 99% Invisible. Huh. So I, um, how, how but many I podcasts? But I literally listen to very few of those on a regular basis. Okay. So um, I I uh, monitor various podcasts since I'm in that. Um, that's just what I do. I don't listen to all of them, but there are some interesting Latter-day Saint podcasts out there. Have you ever listened to uh, the LDS Life podcast? A very interesting character. Um, Is it related to this Mormon life? No, no. That's the because that was a show once. It was. What happened it's, to you, Grady? Where'd you go? Now he's doing go? ads for like razors or something. I don't know what's going on with him. The facial things, not the scooters. And I recently came across one called Faith Promoting Rumors, and it's actually really well produced. But they just fell off the map in uh, in now, February assuming, of 2018. It's sad. Based off based, based off of the name, I'm assuming the idea was. Where they're sort of assessing the fact that we love our faith-promoting rumors and why that's an issue. Yeah, that so seems like got, a cool premise. I mean, they'll tell stories. They did one like on G- Green Jello. They did one on uh, how how is that faith-promoting? Well, they they just sort of talk about interesting cultural perspectives of of our church. So they're they, not actually talking about faith-promoting rumors. Uh, they do in some some like they talked about like uh, beards. And whether beards are apostate or not, and of course we know they're apostate. Um, well, yeah, I mean, as one would have it, yeah. <laughs> about Mormons and horns and things. Anyways, it's really well produced, but then they just disappeared. I guess uh, you can only do podcasting s- so long until you realize uh, there's no money in it. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I, it's, a lot of LDS podcasts come and go. There are the true believers, yeah. but. I mean, we're, you, we're this is this is well, this is You've the tenth season of Twim. Yeah, this is the tenth season, folks. Ten years. Nice. Other than like monkeys, like John Delin or whatever, show me the LDS podcast with greater longevity <laughs> that hasn't resulted in excommunication. One more season, and uh, look, I'm at as many seasons of Friends. One more season, I'll hit Frasier territory. Two more seasons, we'll be at the Big Bang Theory, which I know a lot of you weirdos probably enjoyed. So, I haven't seen one episode of The Big Bang Theory. If I go 13, I think that takes me into some other crazy place like Cheers, or I don't even know what. MASH, probably. The, the Simpsons. Anyway, that I don't think I can do because I'm convinced it's never going to go off the air. Though now that Disney owns The Simpsons, Whoa, I don't when know. did that happen? Um, okay, time for this week in media. Well, it's still, it's still Twim. <laughs> and that's interesting because the church owns Disney, so now the church owns The Simpsons? The church does not own Disney, but the there's church many there's many mothers of the '90s that are very upset right now. The church, the church does own a steak and Burger King, though, so I like to think it's the church is doing that. We're getting those impossible burgers nationwide. That that's the church trying to get us to eat meat sparingly, oh, so they're oh. pushing that. Right? Nice. Talk about faith promoting rumors, my friend. There it is. Um. Anyway, real quick, because Disney bought most of the properties from twenty first twentieth century Fox. Not all of gotcha. them. You know, Fo- so that Fox was in the deal, the, huh? Fox is one of the big classic movie studios, right? Disney bought the movie studios. They bought 
Um, they bought most of their properties, but the things they didn't buy were Fox News, the Fox Broadcast Network, and like Fox Sports, which have been spun off into the Fox Corporation. Those ones stay alone. But all the the film and television production studios that were part of Fox are now owned by Disney. So not only has The Simpsons aired on Fox, it's been produced by 20th Century Fox Studios, and Disney now owns that. So now they now they own Disney. They even tweeted after the deal was finalized. The deal was finalized only about a month ago. And uh, Disney sent a tweet that said, Welcome to the family, and it was a picture of The Simpsons, which to me is, is weird. It's weird yeah. to see those two brands as one. So we're going to have to see like Bart Simpson walking around Disneyland, is that? I would that think next? not. I mean, they're still keep they're still keeping the 20th Century Fox brand alive. Like Fox is still releasing movies, but it's just that presumably now like when you see, you know, the classic 20th Century Fox title card when you go in the movies, you know that whole thing. When they were owned by Time Warner, for example, it would say like a Time Warner or an AOL Time Warner company. Maybe now at the bottom it'll say a Walt Disney company or something like that. But they'll still release movies that way. It would make sense because Disney for a long time had two other labels. They had Touchstone for slightly more adult fare and Hollywood Studios, which was another imprint they used for like R-rated movies and stuff like that. So they might You know keep way too around. much about all this, Jeff. Yeah, man. Media studies. Woo! <laughs> nice. That's all for this week in media, folks. How is uh, your life otherwise, Kurt? How is uh, leading Saints? Give, just bring us. Life up is today good. I'm in the midst of my um, of my intense caricature week, as many of you may know. I'm a caricature artist as well. Uh, you can follow me at Draw You Funny on Instagram, and um, so I go to these uh, high school senior all night parties, and I draw caricatures in the middle of the night. For By the way, that's called gra- that's called grad night. It has a name. I don't think we use that term. in Utah. They call it high school senior all night parties. That's the, given the senior the all night parties. Yeah, the lengthier nomenclature we've been embracing as a church. You know, we're no longer investigators. You are people being taught. We are now Latter Day Saints of the restored gospel of truth and righteousness, or whatever. It would make sense that Utah wouldn't just say grad night, but you would say all night senior right. party party of sure of youth age individuals that some may include to be members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints. But, but to be fair, do they do it post-graduation, or is it a party before any of that actually happens? No, no. So basically, the, the intent of this is to occupy the seniors so that they do not go out and do something stupid in, in a celebratory fashion. Uh, so they bring them to the school, or do they do but, a But is it after, like, have they graduated by this point? Or yeah, it so it's before? the same day as graduation. So, it is. so it's grad night. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's grad okay. night. You could call it grad night. <laughs> And so I go there and I draw the students funny and they love it and I'm tired and then I sleep in till about noon and then I'm foggy the rest of the day and then I have to go back the next day. So I'm going tonight to Woods Cross High uh, and then the the following night I'm going to the Viewmont High party and and then I sleep. And so that's what I'm doing and uh, of course, uh, of course, the, the same leading saints fair that I that I do. And I must say that if you're listening to this, I'm releasing an episode on June first. Oh boy. It's probably one of my favorite episodes. It's it was remarkable. Okay, it who's it? Remarkable. Can you come on, tell us. Give so us I interview <laughs> that's not teaser enough. So I interviewed no. a, a former YSA stake president. His name's Rob Farrell. Oh, I wish I could have been on this interview, but continue, I'll tell you why. Okay. And he 
He had so many mic drop moments. I finally just had to hold the mic for him. Okay. He was wow. just off the hook. Really klutzy. Yeah. He had a great perspective, very articulate, has such a unique perspective on the whole uh, repentance process, on how he handled it, you know, as far as removing shame and, you know, he talked about return, early return missionaries and on and on and marriage and focusing on marriage and, YSA wards and how that can That's be what they do. awful. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so what's your commentary t- about YSA, Jeff? Well, I uh, my my thesis is this, Kurt. YSA stakes are stupid. That's my thesis. They're dumb. They shouldn't exist. I believe they are a product of once again ruling from a Utah perspective, and even in Utah, I don't think they're the best idea, but I think they're an even worse idea in places that are not as densely Latter-day Saint. I think it's a dumb, dumb idea. I haven't checked in a while of the full distribution of uh, how, because f- mo- basically all the YSA stakes are pretty much in the Mormon corridor. There's some in Utah, there's some right. in Arizona, there's some in right. Idaho, but they do have one here in D.C. that they organized a couple years ago because uh, there's enough. But D.C. might be the only one that's even east of the Rockies as far as YSA stakes they're stupid. What is the point of this? Like, we tell young single adults, you're part of this. We care about you. We want you to be part of the church. We want you to be engaged. And then you do things like this to completely segregate them. It's one thing to have a YSA ward, which I think is, I think it's good. I'm pro-singles ward in general, even though there's they've got detractors, there's things you can So you like the singles ward concept as long as it's within a group of traditional wards in a state. I do, yeah, because I don't mind okay, singles okay. words because the Got leadership it. comes fr- comes from your existing stake, and it still gives you a chance to serve in the stake. When I was in a stake, um, the same stake that I got married in, in, in which I was in a singles ward where I met my wife, a uh, lot of YSAs in the stake. We had two YSA wards, and now there's, and it still has two YSA wards and two mid singles wards in the stake, or that were in the stake. Now they're in the YSA stake, um, as well as a couple of family wards that had very lo- high YSA populations. Um, but what I liked about it is it gave people a chance to serve. You had people in my singles ward who were called to be part of like a uh, youth conference, to be on the council, to go to girls camp. You had men who were high counselors that were in the singles ward. They were involved. And it, it, for me, it made me feel like we were part of the stake. I did not feel like I was a people apart, living my own little life and like it didn't matter. And I appreciated that because I think it let me have more investment in the church in general. Because the whole point, of course, is you want to get married and move along. And so when we got married, we were still in the same stake. And I met new people in that ward, of course. But then I still knew the stake president. And I knew all these different people. And it was, I thought it was, I thought it was much better. Much, much better. I just think it's so exclusive and weird. And especially outside of Utah, they wind up being geographically sprawling, at least for the one out here, way too big. So you've got counselors plucked from like the DC one covers, you know, all like 8 million people in the greater DC area. That makes so you've it's it doesn't make any sense. I mean, why would you want to travel that much? Why would you want to have wards that are that disparate? I don't see the value in it. I think there's much more value for YSAs to be within their ward and have that camaraderie and develop those relationships and then also know the people in their stake where they live, as opposed to some sort of notion that you're all gonna band together as YSAs when there's people that are in a ward that's literally thirty miles away from you. And it's great that you make those friendships. But how does that help you like build Zion and lift where you stand in the grand scheme of things? I don't think it serves a purpose. I think they're dumb. I do not get them. I'd love to hear the pro, the pro arguments. Please do. I mean, I, I guess if you do have 
a stake that's all singles wards. Presumably the whole high council is composed of YSAs? Or do they bring those no. in from the... They yeah, bring they bring them in just like bishoprics. So yeah. they're basically saying, you are children, you cannot lead in the stake. We will guide you, and you just come to church and scratch backs and blah, 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 and have a good time. <laughs> that's that's so you've got to listen to this episode, Jeff, because th- he makes an argument that he wanted to call YSAs to the high council. And uh, and he actually did call his full relief stake Relief Society presidency were uh, young single adults women so that was pretty cool. well good and then good on him i mean i just uh, if yeah, they have yeah. the flexibility to do that yeah i get that the overall thought and i guess so but i would there be like if you did say okay no stake but you would the wards like in the dc area would they have to cover areas outside of the traditional stake uh, outside of which traditional stake well, just like if if you if you went to D.C. and dissolved the stake and then just put all the wards, let's say there's eight wards in that stake. The YSA stake, okay. And you put each ward in a traditional stake. Would it fit? Would the boundaries be identical or would they have to? Like would have, all those, what do you mean with all the wards that are currently, that currently constitute the YSA stake then right. be in just one stake anyway? Right. Or saying? would it have to uh, overlap to other traditional stakes? No, states? no, no. Of, cor- of course not. For the most part. Especially outside of Utah, I would say on average the typical uh, previous before they started creating YSA stakes, the typical stake had one singles ward or branch in it, if if it had one at all. For those that had them, it was usually one each. DC is a little bit more dense, so it had more than that. New York also has a, a three or four singles wards, last I checked, and that's all one stake. Uh, but for the most part, it's like one per stake. And even though we have my stake had the two, the other wards just had one, and so the whole stake uh, is composed of of a bunch of wards that were plucked from all these stakes of which there's like, you know, eight of the eight stakes or something like that scattered around the area to make up this one whole stake. It's not like they're all just like there together anyway. Yeah. So it's. So should we protest, Jeff? Should we march on Temple Square? Yes. I think that'd be pretty funny, actually. I wonder if we can get in the news. <laughs> get some media attention. How do I get Peggy right. Fletcher stack to cover that? <laughs> There'd be random like. Uh, uh, ex Latter Day Saints just showing up, like, "Where's my sign? Let's do this, guys." <laughs> I'd go on all the, I'd go on all on like Exmo Reddit and tell them what was going on. Be like, "Look, guys, I know this is a little out of your lane right now, but if you could just come for the numbers Let's alone, do this, and then lie and say like I left the church because of YSA stakes." <laughs> too far. Well, we're taking up a lot of time, Jeff, because it is a slow news week. I mean, it's not Latter Day Saint. I, it's there have been faster weeks. We can there say. have been. We need a good. We haven't had a good solid Friday news drop, you know, or announcement. I think now I don't know how quiet will it be. It's summertime now. We're a couple of months removed from. We're almost two months out from conference at this point. So, and there, all the the general authorities are going on vacation in July, so they have they have about four weeks to drop something. So maybe they just wait it out till August. So we'll see if we get a June surprise. Yeah. Well, I'll give you one of those at least. One of those. They slowly and they very quietly announced yesterday that the church is going to demolish five buildings at the Provo Missionary Training Center, five of the old ones, and replace it with a plaza garden, statuary, and quiet study places. This is our lead story, folks. You could can you see it's a slow news week? So look. <laughs> This is serious stuff. 
All right. Now, if it's only interesting because if you follow the saga of all of this, uh, I, I believe these are basically. I should look. I should go on Google Maps real quick. Um, these are, I think, some of the five central buildings. Was what? They're all what? Five stories tall or so? Right there in the middle of the campus. You know, you. This is where those there. tall buildings were proposed to go, right? Yeah. Well, I think it was just one tall building back when. But yeah, exactly. You've got it. Where is it? That's Riverwoods. I'm too far north, Jeff. Go down. University, there we are. Okay. Missionary Training Center. So five buildings. Now, Google Maps does not have the new buildings yet. What's up with that, Google? Come on. So I I can't tell which five they're going to be because if you look at the old map, there's like seven of them that are seven or eight of them that are kind of that old same size. But they're taking out five of them. And they're just going to put in a plaza. And like you said, yes, the MTC goes right up against a neighborhood, you know, right there. And years ago, it's been a long time, actually. I think we we covered this in a podcast, like, who? 2014? Was uh, 2012. Seven Ooh, years ago. Wow. Seven years ago, our, our 102nd episode, episode entitled Liahona Roo um, talked about this. And the church wanted to put up this big... Uh, reasonably tall tower in the middle of the MTC to make everything happen. Let's see if we can find the story. Paragraph. Daylight missionary. Where to go? Where to go? Where to go? Where to go? I don't know. It's funny looking at the old stories here. City Creek opens. First YSA stake outside of Utah. Hey, we just talked about that. There we go. It's coming back to haunt. Huge MTC building. I wonder if this story is still even up on the trip. So, yeah, it was going to be tall. I think it was at least 10 stories tall, maybe not. And so they're going to put some, uh, you know, like it's, yeah, is not, it going to be like a park inside of the MTC? It sounds like it's going to be something like that. So instead of building their nine-story tall building that they wanted to put in, and all the neighbors in a big bit of Provo drama were not happy with this because there was sort of a gentleman's agreement when the MTC went in. This is this whole saga where the church said, yeah, we're not going to build any buildings that are too tall, so you won't destroy any sight lines, have a big complex looming over your backyard, whatever it may be. And the residents were like, cool, like we love the church, but thank you for respecting encroachment upon our our neighborhood. And then when they did this, it's funny because you have active Latter-day Saints who want MTC to give the missionaries what they need, but you had them attending city council meetings in Provo. Uh, pushing against the church's plan. You don't get this a lot because we have such a, you know, if, if the church says I need to put a big building here, we usually just say, well, you do you, church. We love the work. Good times. So instead you have active Mormons going against the church and saying, no, don't put this here. And the church backed off. And now, as you said, instead they're going to tear down all those buildings and uh, now just to be replaced with uh, gardens and reflective spaces. Because they have the newer, taller, fancier buildings over by the old printing facility and the laundry facility. Uh, they put Those in a couple nice of years buildings. Ago. They are nice, so I guess they can they can afford it. So it's that's, gonna, a big, that's a big. This change. is their effort to make it feel less like a prison, maybe. Maybe <laughs> have a place to walk and and smell well, the they, roses quite literally. Well, Google really needs to update this, though, man. I'm looking at this old 3D map, and it's still got like this does not have the elongated driveway. You know how now that long driveway comes far in for the drop off. You know what I'm talking about? The big turnaround. Yeah, none of that's on Google Maps right now. Very sad. Someday I'll be very upset when I have to. Don't they not even let you like get out of the car now when you drop off your missionary? 
Uh, I think they uh, generally they allow you, but they don't want you to expect that. So you have to go across the street where there's just this parking lot of crying people. Yeah, that's what I've heard. You're supposed to go over there and say your goodbyes and then just awkwardly drive across the street and say, all right, get out of the car, kid. <laughs> Is there a better way to do this? Like, what what would you do, Jeff, if you were king for a day? I would troll them and start saying goodbye in the parking lot and then say, you know what? We're in a parking lot literally across the street from where you're going. Why don't we all just use our legs and walk across the street together and bid you farewell. Security will have your face on concrete so Think fast. Think about life. this. The church is therefore promoting the consumption and burning of fossil fuels unnecessarily by forcing people to get into a car to drive up and wait in line and drop people off. You have pollution problems in Utah, everybody. And right here, this is not helping. I, I bet I defy you to do the science on this. And not see that there is some sort of ozone hole or pollution bubble cloud that hangs over the MTC every Tuesday. Hmm. Well, Jeff, um, speaking of of uh, pollution, let's talk like politics, it. shall we? It's your favorite topic. <laughs> Tell me about the I, thing. <laughs> uh, so church assigns specialists to help with political participation. That seems so this is interesting. And the Salt Lake Tribune is not excited about this uh, because <laughs> the GOP will take over and shut them down. No, it's not going to happen. But uh, so what I, from what I understand, there's going to be, uh, I, I, I don't think it's going as far as it being like a calling. Is, is that what you understand? This is just a, uh, an assignment. Maybe will the Bishop approach somebody and say, sister Jones, we appreciate your random uh, passive aggressive political comments in in Sunday school. Why don't you put those to use, and we're going to assign you to galvanize the neighborhood to go vote. Yeah, I mean you're supposed to register people to vote, request mail in ballots, attend their party caucus meetings. That's a very Utah thing, everybody. Not every state has a caucus, so once again, but this. Oh, is- there's. You, you could take a camera to the MTC parking lot across the street. That's another place to take a camera. Is those caucus meetings? They get exciting. Thank you. you ever, have you ever been to one? Of course I have. I'm active in my, I have been a, a delegate. You want to know? <laughs> I've been a state delegate. Okay. This is how it happened. This is back when I lived in South Salt Lake and the boundaries were crazy and we're inner city. I show up. There's three people there. We didn't have enough to divvy out all the assignments and we sort of looked at each other and they said, Hey, you want to be a state delegate? I said, ah, sure. I'll be a state delegate. And there I was at the state. That was a great meeting. story. I was there, and they're like, "Hey, you want to do this thing?" And you're like, "Well, yeah, sure. Why not?" I mean, <laughs> so, anyways. Well, that's exciting. Yeah, I think this is this is by assignment. This is not a calling, as far as I know. And it's going to be all over the place, right? Or is it just Utah? Uh, it does not specify. Obviously, Utah will be more of a hotbed for this kind of thing. Um, I just think it's interesting because. Of course, as the trip goes out of its way to say that they're, the Democrats are afraid this is only going to sort of deepen how Republican the state is, because you'll have, you know, Latter-day, Utah, of course, is very, very conservative uh, of the non-Latter-day Saint population, more liberal, and there's more liberal people who are not, who are also Latter-day Saints. But if you mobilize just the Latter-day Saint force, they worry that it's going to be overwhelmingly Republican-leaning people who will be trying to get others to engage in the political process, and even if not deliberately, it will sort of... Yeah. And I guess I just don't understand, like, 
I mean, as an organization, the church would find it in their best interest, especially, you know, being, especially in Utah, obviously, a lot of the laws and legislation impact them as an organization. And obviously, that's a whole other discussion. But um, to to have as many, they want to have as many members go vote regardless of where they stand. But it just so happens to be that the vast majority of them are going to fall on the GOP line, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm very curious how this is going to shake out. <laughs> and there's going to be somebody over a pulpit or whatever that is Well, and that's the point because and that's the point. Apparently the letters from the pulpit every year where we get letters or at least every political season reminding us to vote and all that. And and maybe that's not enough. Maybe we are unlike you, we're not all delegates, but maybe the everyday Latter-day Saint folk are uh, not civically engaged as they should be. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I had an inter- interesting discussion in Ward Council this past week where it came basically because um, Virginia uh, is an open carry state where I live, which I often forget because living in the D.C. suburbs, everything just kind of feels D.C. and we forget that we're still in Virginia, the whole rest of the state. And most of Virginia doesn't right. consider us very Virginian, which is fair. So every now and then when I see open carry things, I, f- I forget like, oh, yeah, you can do that here. Um, do you see people open carry? Not a ton. It's more when you'll see some businesses have signs up that prohibit it. And you so you remember, oh, yeah, that's legal in the state. And a oh, business can therefore say, don't do it. And I think the point is people forget that the church officially in the handbook uh, does not allow weapons inside chapels. And we had an, a bit of an interesting aside in Ward Council where some people were talking about, uh, especially women, talking about their husbands who were like, don't tell my husband he can't carry his weapon to church. And I'm like, and it's funny because we all pick apart things that we don't want to obey as Latter-day Saints. Like, we do. We do. Right. And to me, sure. it's easy because I'm not super into firearms. So if they say no open carry, I'm like, yeah, dang right. I don't want to. I don't. And oh, the reason this came up is because we had a, there was a letter. We had some counsel about being safe at church. You know, there's been some shootings recently, people like in churches, like that guy who came in and just straight up just shot a guy in the middle of a sacrament meeting. Yeah. Even though it wasn't like a Mormon hate crime. It just, it was. Anyway, they want us to be safe. So everyone said, well, you know, should we have weapons with us? And I'm like, well. The handbook says no. I'd take the anti-Nephi-Lehi route and bury your weapons of war and hope for the mercy of the active shooter. No one, no one listens to <laughs> yes, me. Yes, the handbook is pretty clear. So they, they were sort of advocating that, uh, that we should maybe act like that's not in the handbook? Maybe. I think there's some who basically would just assume not be told that that's in the handbook. Gotcha. I mean, I get it. I'd also assume that the handbook doesn't tell me that hypnotism is bad. Because who doesn't want to go to a hypnotist show? I mean. <laughs> I always think of that. When I, actually, when I go to these high school parties, they always have a hypnotist. Yeah. And you sit there and think, in, you poor wayward Latter-day Saint. And they're like, you guys should ask your bishop about this. This is very much discouraged. Okay. I will I will literally donate $100 to leading saints if you somehow document breaking from your uh, your drawings, if this happens, and you say, excuse me, everyone, excuse me, and you stop the hypnotist. And then read to them from Handbook One, and tell them what it says. <laughs> I, you know, I would if I I don't have access to Handbook One anymore. You know, you Darn can find it. it. And I feel like when you when you've previously had access to Handbook One, you're grandfathered into being allowed to look at it into perpetuity. I wish they'd allow that, but that's not it's on Scribd, buddy. It's not hard to find. <laughs> Are you going to link to it in the show notes, Jeff? No, I would never link to it in the show notes. Uh, now they could remove it because now it's all digital. Maybe they'll take that out. But the last time I checked, it's uh, still in there. No hypnotism for you. 
Okay, a couple quick mentions as we chug along here. They've uh, revealed the location of the Saratoga Springs, Utah Temple, also known as the Mia Love Honorary Temple. <laughs> Why do you say that? She was mayor of Saratoga Springs. Before well, yeah, but Congress. that's, that's literally, the only that, reason. <laughs> that's all I've got. It's like she, there's some back... Uh, backroom deals happening to get a temple there. But what I love is like the picture that shows the lo- temple location. It shows this sil- this you know r- inverse silhouette of a temple overlaying over a picture of just a giant farm circle. This is where it's going to be, folks. That farmer has stopped running that long giant pole that goes in a circle to water stuff, and the temple. It's called a pivot, over. Jeff. I don't pivot. know what it's called. I married a farm girl. I, I know this. Well, I'm a co- I'm a coastal elite, so I don't know these things. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. Oh my goodness. Um. Anyway, so they announced it back in 2017. It's going to be pretty big, though. Surprise me. 87,000 square feet, which is a that's large. We don't get many temples that big nowadays. That's that's good size. I'd say nowadays a big temple will be in the 50s, maybe. But 87 is uh not messing around at all. Big so, cafeteria, Jeff. They got to get a big cafeteria, and that's the thing. I don't think they'll have one. I mean, cafeterias are no longer in vogue. They don't. The DC just, Temple has one, right? Are they going to keep that? The DC Temple has had a cafeteria, but you know, like in the basement level is where it's been. But it hasn't been used for many years as a full service cafeteria. It's basically just vending machines, and then you can see all the little serving areas that are no longer used. So I'm assuming with the renovation right now that that's just going to get kicked out and. I have no idea. The strangest thing. I mean, now that I think about it, like many times I've eaten, you know, I've got my tote tray in the uh, in the temple, picking out which slice of pie I want. It's just it's awful strange. But I guess that was a thing in the '60s, right? It went up for a while though. Like um, when I was fresh off my mission, I was a veil worker in the Los Angeles temple, and. they still had the uh, fully active cafeteria. I don't know if they still do now because this was all before Newport Beach and Redlands were dedicated, so I'm not sure. But um, I would go there. You know, I had to get up really early and drive up there and beat traffic and stuff. I'd grab a bowl of cereal and some cake. I don't know. It was fun. Why not? So I don't think they'll have one. Either way, we don't know the design of the Saratoga Springs Temple. That will be made public later. We don't have groundbreaking dates or anything like that, but we do know that it's going to be located in the new Beacon Point subdivision, west of Redwood Road and north of Meadowside Drive. Boom. Huzzah. Think they'll, think they'll include a Mia Love statue, Jeff? I hope so. On the grounds or something? Yeah, you I know? hope so. But as, as many expected, Saratoga Springs is kind of an unwieldy city geographically. You have sort of the fat northern part that just is next to Lehigh, and then it trickles down along the western you know, coast of shore of Utah Lake, but the temple is going to be up more in the populated area. This could, this could have very well been the Lehigh temple. Essentially it's going to be up there with all that stuff. Sadly, not way down in the subdivisions, which would be cool looking across the lake and having a temple on the hill. Nice. But if you do remember 2007, uh, that hill on mountain on the other side gets lit on fire sometimes. So maybe not the best. (laughs) They'll protect it, Jeff. The Lord will protect it for sure. Uh, where are we going next, Jeff? Uh, I don't care, uh, man. I don't care one bit. One I President Nelson meets uh, Tongan monarchy. That's yeah. cool. I mean, I guess good he's story, done with that, Kurt. His recent tour, right? I believe the Pacific Rim tour is over now. Well, just Pacific tour. Pacific Rim tour would be great. All the kaiju and the fighting, and the robots. <laughs> right. 
Um, the pos- uh, he uh, hit up a lot of places. The big the big news, of course, is when he met with uh, Jacinda Ardern over in New Zealand, which the sisters talked about on last week's podcast. But he met the Tongan monarchy. It's a it's a bigger deal than you realize, only because the king and queen's son converted to the church a few years oh, ago. It was their son, huh? It was their son, and there was a bit of drama with that. He actually wanted to join the church even years prior, and the king dispatched guards to stop the baptismal service from happening. <laughs> like they weren't nice. messing, they weren't messing around, and it's funny people don't realize Tonga is the most LDS country in the world. Yeah, it's like sixty percent uh, baptized Latter Day Saints. I'm sure the activity rate does not quite reflect that, but it's because they just got That's their second where, temple um, announced. Don't they have Liahona Le- High? It's a Latter Day Saint high school there, I believe. I guess so. Are we still doing that? I thought the church was getting out of the business of uh, the very. Well, I don't schools. know if they closed the high school, but. Uh, Anyways, it's interesting. So he met. So that. did, but he got baptized. So will this son be king someday? Is that? I don't know how their succession works. I would love it if he were, because then he'd straight up be the first Mormon head of state in the world, and, and a king nonetheless. And I mean, a king to be a president, which would be hilarious because the, the Book of Mormon is so anti-monarch. <laughs> nice. It'd just be up there, like, like, could you imagine the rallies when people are trying to convert Tonga to a republic? Let's start reading the Book of Mormon. It is better that you have not, don't have a king for kings, blah, blah. It it could all be used against him very easily. Maybe that's why the king was upset, the current king. All right. Um, they, the church has also updated some guidelines for hymn book submissions. Those of you who have been following this story, about a year or so ago, the church announced that they were going to work on a new hymn book. Time to update. Do we have one a date f- when this is going to be released? or I don't know when it's going to be released, but the deadline is in July, so it's coming up now, to either submit your own original compositions, which you can do, which is pretty cool, or you can provide simple feedback and vote on things that should be included in the hymn book. All of these are awesome. Um, so they have expanded a little bit more, some fine tuning as they call it, about what you should look for, you know, what you, should, what you should either submit or vote on. So the purposes are to increase faith in and worship of Heavenly Father and Jesus, teach core doctrine with power and clarity, invite joyful singing at home and at church, comfort the weary and inspire people to endure in faith, and unify Latter-day Saints and others throughout the world. I'm going to make a prediction that the new hymn book is going to be 10% Mac Wilberg. I hope so. Easy. Um, Easy. Uh, unsurprisingly, the most voted in song at this point is uh, Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing. Do they have like, or is this like a church uh, poll they're taking? There is. If you go to, uh, we'll link to this with the show notes here for this episode. If you go there, there will be a link in the in the notes to the article that has the link. To the link, um, <laughs> you go through ten links and then you'll get it. It's really it's 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 web best practices right there. Anyway, yeah, you can vote. The vote's more open ended. It asks you a couple of questions. If you look at our article, Kurt, uh, it's right above the video near the end when it says "Do me a solid," <laughs> and it lets you. Boom. It doesn't have a list you choose from. You can just type in whatever you That's want. Great SEO linkage. So yeah, I'm sure it is. Oh wow, they got a little forming fill out. Yeah. What's what are your favorite hymns and children's songs? Are there additional existing hymns or children's songs that you would suggest for inclusion in the new worldwide collection? Mm-hmm. What currently include or uh, what currently included hymns or songs, if any, might be candidates to drop from the hymn book? Praise to the man. Or song book. Praise. 
Uh, what ge- uh, general difficulties, if any, have you experienced while using a current hymn book or children's songbook? Let me tell you a story, Jeff. Let me tell you about the time I once truly presided as a bishop. All right. Hit me. Our, our, our uh, organist was not there, and so I asked some random member to come play, and so they didn't pick the hymns. We made it through three-fourths of the first verse when I finally stood up and said, I'm going to exercise my presiding power here, and we're going to sing a different hymn, because nobody knew how to sing this hymn. So whatever hymn that was, that should be removed. Anyways. Do, do you think it would be useful for us to go back to the olden days when we used to actually have hymn practice after sacrament meeting, especially with our weird. shorter block? <laughs> <laughs> What it wasn't the point like to give teachers time to go to the the material center and get their chalk. I think even that's something worth considering. I mean, I I don't know a primary president, for example, that does not bail during the closing hymn to get stuff ready because they Is just do ten minutes really not enough. Well, it's not because the kids go right in there and they want to be in there with some music going and setting the example of reverence. I've I don't think it's been years since I've not seen a primary president run out the door during the closing hymn. But it's true. I'd say, honestly, about what, half of the current English hymn book? I don't even think we know the songs. There's 300-something songs in there, and I guarantee there's a ton we don't know. I mean, let's... For funsies, Kurt, let's... (laughs) Since we're not doing anything else, let's look it up. Well, no, we're about 40 minutes, and we'll wrap this up. I'm just going to go to a random one scrolling. Let's see here. Hymn number 262. Go, ye messengers of glory. It's my favorite. Does everyone know Go that ahead song? And sing the first couple bars, Jeff. Uh, I'm just going to allow the flash here, and then I will get my. Okay, this is going to be really janky, but we're going to listen to it right here on my microphone. Okay. Heirs of glory, gates of the I'm not hearing any music. I'm just hearing like a cat in the background dying. Who? No one knows that song. Nobody so, does. So I'm nobody ever voting. will because they're going to drop it from the hymn book. All right, Twim Nation. No. I want you all to go take the survey and find him. Uh, go ye messengers of glory and call that one out for exclusion from the hymn book going forward, if you would please. And go vote. Uh, also, my tip: love divine, all loves excelling. That should be included. Thank you very much. All right, um, Saint George Temple, man. I got a couple of temple stories. Uh, it's also going to be closed this year. They announced for a, a serious renovation. President Nelson referenced this a while ago that the pioneer temples would go down. We talked at some point in the past that the Salt Lake Temple plans have been revealed. I think you and I probably talked about that, Kurt. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, te- redoing Temple Square, the whole thing. So now they've announced what's going to happen to the St. George Temple. It seems that they will be altering the grounds substantially and also changing the annex because um, it's an older temple and it's oh, it has a big old annex, and the new annex is like pretty big. I mean, the artist's renderings of it almost make it look like it's overpowering the original temple. <laughs> is this? Uh, yeah, is that? It almost looks like a celestial room, doesn't it? Yeah, kind of like yeah, kind of. I'm assuming that's just a nice little entrance. I know it won't be that bad in person. But what I do appreciate about the current annex, which is just a pretty simple 
you know, vaguely modern structure. It's it's it takes up a lot of square footage. I think it's bigger on straight floor plan than the temple itself, but it's low slung. It still lets the temple be the visible one getting the attention. Now it's cool that the new annex is going to match more architecturally, but I worry that it's going to make the whole temple structure that is one look kind of weird. <laughs> Kind of weird. That's your assessment, huh? Well, I think you'll be pleased once you see it complete, Jeff. I've only even been up like to the St. George Temple once in my life. I usually see it from the freeway and say, oh, there it is. There it is. I should do a session Gotta there sometime. Head to Vegas. But the inside renderings look stunning, if you've seen these. it's uh, Once again, I haven't been in the St. George Temple. I'm assuming they're not going to do anything drastic because there's a lot of history there. With that said, though, the St. George Temple originally did not even have separate rooms. It had curtains and uh, partitions and things like that. So it's not like it hasn't oh, really? been renovated before. But this uh, looks very beautiful. Benches instead of the flop-down seats, which I think is cool. Mm. I love the benches. That reminds me a bit of the Manti Temple. Have you done a session down in St. George? Um, I'm trying to remember if I have. I'm sure I have, but uh, I mean, I've never been in. I'm, I can't I'm visually recall it. Yeah. So it looks cool. I think it's going to be neat on the inside. And that's so it's going to close. It's going to be closed for about nearly three years, probably, while they do all of this. They couldn't uh, they have got, waited they until got they Cedar built. City. Yeah, and then they've got that second They'll temple be. that's supposed to go up in Cedar. Oh yeah, the, but they haven't Washington started one. construction yet. They didn't time all of this very well. Same thing with DC. They closed it down, and then they announced the temple in Richmond. Is anybody even thinking about this like, stuff? They should have built the temple in Richmond. Then close DC because it's way easier for me to go to Richmond than it is for me to go to Philadelphia. So it's in so many ways. I could day trip Richmond justifiably. It's easy. Um, and, and other cool temple news. I really dig this article. And if you haven't read it yeah, yet, I encourage you to do one. so. Um, so in JW, J Weekly, which is the Jewish news of Northern California, the writer David Walensky uh, got to tour the Oakland, California temple, which currently has an open house. It also had a, a lengthy renovation, but now it's coming back online and it's open to the public for the first time in about 55 years. It's never been open since its original construction, which is a cool opportunity for anybody. So he was part of a media group. Uh, they got to go through the temple and have a tour conducted by none other than Elder Stevenson of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles. That'd be pretty fun, I think. You know, just having a 12 show you around the temple, because why not? And... uh this is a cool article because I, I like – it's just it's pretty much a straightforward just rundown of what it was like to go to the temple, but showing so many of the analogs that we have and things about the temple that pull from, of course, the Old Testament uh, tabernacle and temple lot and how much that symbolism we really lean towards. I mean, I think the temple of all the places that we do worship is the most Old Testament-y of all of them, even though, of course, it focuses on Christ. Um, and this is not lost on a Jewish Latter-day Saint. There are some good passages, too, where he kind of chuckles at, like, oh, what was it? There was this hilarious thing where the someone— The cafeteria, is, Jeff. He chuckled at the cafeteria. No, no, no. So he said one of the moons—so they were looking at the baptismal font, right? Typical baptismal font in a temple, you know, the bronze oxen, all that stuff. So he says, quote, Hilariously, one of the men leading the tour gestured toward me, saying, As our Jewish friends will know, this is the molten sea described in First Kings chapter 7. Then he said, some church members seem to share a wild optimism about Jews' familiarity with the Bible. I don't think I know many who could tell you anything about 1 Kings chapter 7 off the top of their heads. But I see us just being classic friendly Mormons who were like, and our Jewish friends. And it seemed Elder Stevens did the same. Look, we're like you. Yeah. But all in all, this is a cool article. It's a positive article. Uh, 
And it's great to see the Oakland Temple being, it's stunning on the inside. I think it has such a cool style compared yeah. to other temples. So give yeah, that a read I'd if you I love just have. seeing with all these revamps of the, the temples, like the fact that they're, you know, doing public tours and rededicating them, like, because there's so many people that just see this mysterious building for decades. And now it's like, well, you want to come in? And the Oakland Temple, of course, is a famous landmark in, oh, yeah. the, uh, in the Bay Area. You can see it up on the hill. Uh, if you want to talk about faith-promoting rumors, right? We yeah, yeah. talked about earlier. <laughs> so there's an ongoing urban legend of sorts that says that pilots landing their planes at either San Francisco or Oakland's airport uh, like to use the temple as a place marker. It's well lit at night, especially at nighttime. It's well lit. They can see it. They can get it. And then one time in California, because of rolling blackouts, whatever it was, there, there's always you know power issues in the state. The church trying to help out turn the lights in the temple off at nighttime, which they don't like to do, but they did it because it saved power. And the the story always goes that the pilots complained and said, "Hey, come on, we we'll use that. It's an important thing for us to see." But I've so that's the faith promoting story. Like, ah, yes, this beacon they need it. But I've heard the same story about the Bountiful Temple and the Salt Lake Airport. Um, not only really Salt Lake, pretty much the Bountiful Temple and the Salt Lake Airport, the Draper Temple and the Salt Lake Airport. Um, all these ones, you've heard this many places. I think there is some truth to the Oakland one compared to other ones, but this this actually came up in some lesson when I was in Sunday school like a couple months ago. So I decided to Google it and like to see if there was anything online about that story. And it was pretty funny how much there is. You found documented. the Snoops article. Yeah, basically, but but Mormon Snopes about basically just kind of saying this one's gone around a lot of times. So, uh, oh, it's because oh, someone even said like, yeah, and I know pilots also LAX use the Los Angeles Temple as a guide marker. And I'm like, okay, that's a load of crap. They absolutely do not, because while you could see that temple on your approach, I'm sure it's in the middle of Westwood. There's massive buildings on like tall condos and office buildings on Wilshire all around it. There's a bajillion things going on. And so if you don't even know the temple is there, while you can see it, it's you would never use it as like. There's one time those condos turned their lights off, Jeff, and the pilots (laughs) complained. And everyone's going to say, please, church, turn the temple lights back on. Please. We need it. I love these rumors. They're fun, aren't they? Yeah. Let's, right. let's continue to perpetuate them. I hope everybody listening, if you're a youth leader, tell that story in your next lesson. All right, church. We, church. <laughs> Kurt, <laughs> you are one and the same, apparently. All right. What else do we have? We're, we're 50 minutes in. I think just some mentions. There's a great Muslim and Mormons video. Um, there's an article about the Equal Equality Act. Uh that if you want can't sleep at night, you can read that. And that actually sleep. could have been our top story, couldn't it? Oh boy, oh boy, that was slow an, news week. That was Jeff an interesting Borders. article. The church came out against a the great equality contributor. Act. The church came out against the Equality Act, but didn't really go into many details about the issues with it as written, other than it just wasn't enough for religious freedom. And so, uh, a writer at by common consent, who is a First Amendment lawyer, uh, went into detail about. You know what are the what are the religious exemptions we need, and what is what are the alleged religious freedoms under attack? It was compelling, not a perfect piece, of course, but uh, I, I, I thought <laughs> it was it, compelling. No, it really was because you people we always act like like our freedom to do these things is going to be under attack and rescinded, and it's just not. I don't believe it for a second that I'm going to lose my freedom to worship in the United States. I just don't. It's not going anywhere. It's fine. Anyway, continue with your mentions. Let that be said. (laughs) 
Um, the Jeff Borders, shout out to him. He's written some awesome articles for both uh, This Week in Mormons and Leading Saints. Whoa, 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 whoa. I, I, I was told I had him on exclusive retainer. What the heck is oh, this? No, man? he's totally uh, two-timing you. You suck, Kurt. So, <laughs> And uh, the, the choir's going on tour. Can't wait to get a t-shirt. Uh, where, where are they going? Oh, they're going to Europe. They got places like, uh, let me tell you, um, they got places like uh, Stockholm, Helsinki, yes. Copenhagen. Oh, yeah. I mean, Jeff has been to all these places. Edinburgh. At, or Edinburgh. Well, I'm sorry, how do you say that? How do you say it? I, I, I knew it, Jeff. I knew I'd pronounce one wrong, and you jump all over me. It's pronounced Edinburgh. 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 Uh, this is why I stayed Edinburgh. in the United States of America. Yeah, they're going to go to Cardiff, Wales, Edinburgh, and the Nordic countries, Copenhagen and Oslo, uh, Stockholm, and uh, Helsinki. For the internationally minded, the reason they don't say Scandinavia is because Finland is not part of Scandinavia, but it is a Nordic country, if you wanted to know. If they if they cut it short of Helsinki, they could have said a Scandinavian tour, but... Boom. But then they would, but, but Iceland is also sort of part of Scandinavia, so they'd have to go to Reykjavik, which has a very nice newish opera house they could have performed in. I'm just um, jealous. I mean, they, they're going to Edinburgh, man, which is where I went to grad school, and uh, it's been a while, of course. But I would just, I would have loved to have Motab come to town when I was in grad school. You buy buy a plane ticket, Jeff. Uh, I should. I haven't been back since I graduated, and that makes me yeah, very perfect sad. Perfect time. They're going to play. Sing- or you could join the choir and then just get your flight paid for. I could, except you see, the problem is that um, you have to live in Utah to be in the choir. They're performing, where, is the, where are they performing here? Usher Hall, huh? They're playing Usher Hall? No way. Get out of town. Anyway, folks, that's, I used to live right next to there. How fun. I could have walked to the show. My life is sad. Anyway, everybody, what a wonderful time it's been this week. For the Mormons or the latter. Let's pray Saints. for more news next week. <laughs> yeah, we'll try to get this to you. I'm going to be out of pocket a little bit over the next handful of days. Um, so hopefully nothing crazy happens because I won't be able to cover it. But I'm going to do my best. And uh, someone will be here yet. maybe to talk about it with me. I try not to to tax Kurt too much, you know. Hey, I'm always happy to come, Jeff. Always happy to slide in the saddle here and uh, share my opinion about random things. Here's the thing. It helps Kurt. when there's I don't more news feel to like, talk about. I don't feel like you share your opinion very much. I think you're just good at discussing what is. I don't hear. I because, don't know if we get a lot of opinion and commentary from Kurt. I think I would like to hear your true opinion on things. Well, you got to ask me questions. What, what, what opinion do you want to know, Jeff? You Did won't you ask, like it, I'll promise Have you know. asked me a single question during this show? No, I just talk, un- unprovoked. <laughs> I'm sorry. Don't be sorry. You're, you ask questions on your podcast all day long, in and out. So. That's right. I'm out of questions. I've used them all up. So, well, anyways, let's. Uh, we're gonna let Kurt go because I'm sure he's got to like I don't know, hit the Red Bull or something for his long night at a high school. Yeah, gotta go take him a nappy nap. Where he's yes, a nappy nap is what he's going to go do. Everybody, <laughs> this is Kurt Frankham, who leads Leading Saints, an adult oriented leadership podcast, is going to take a nappy nap. It's going to. That's be right. Good. Well, yeah, I, I've got a four-year-old in the house. I don't, I don't blame you. I, I envy you on getting the nappy nap. That sounds delightful. Folks, please go to thisweekinmormons.com. 
Uh, of course, you can see the show notes for this episode and links to the stories we've discussed. If you've never been to patreon.com, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash This Week in Mormons, you can be a patron if you think it's worth a dollar a month to help us have what we have and be able to give it to you. That would be lovely. And of course, join us on Facebook and Twitter and subscribe. I don't know how well it works when you beg to subscribe, but we all, all podcasters do it. Subscribe, everyone, please. And iTunes or Google or wherever you get your podcasts, Spotify even, it's all there. Please subscribe to the show and leave a review if your uh, subscription venue of choice allows you to do so. That would be dynamite for us. And do the same for Leading Saints. Kurt's crushing it. That's right. So help. Don't miss this Sunday's episode, June 1st episode. You're going to love it. By the way, when's the, uh, um, is the tour still happening? Um, it is, uh, it's going to be a close call if we can make that happen. Okay. We Sorry. I didn't know. I didn't, more I, didn't, I didn't, Okay. So folks go on the tour with Kurt. Yeah. In September and church tour, Kansas city to Sharon, Vermont, all the major church history sites. We're stopping there. That's right. Gonna be half of the leadership on this tour is worth your time. The other half has no business doing anything, but you will enjoy Kurt's presence and it will be wonderful. That's right for all involved. I'd like to thank all of you for taking the time to listen to us this week, and I hope you have a terrific rest of your weekend weekend. So as we say, be safe out there, be well, be holy, and be happy. This Week in Mormons is out. recording now. Test, test, what, 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 uh, 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 uh. I'm a fast What is happening?